from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. podcast uh my name is uh it's hunter and uh, i'm joined as i am every week by you say your name say something you um hello i'm hugh how are you and, and say who you voted for in the uh 2020 political uh, Amer- american uh, presidential election quest what k west you voted for key west yeah wow. well uh that's great uh, I, of course, voted for Donald Trump. And uh, so this is a show where we talk about the books of Michael Crichton chapter by chapter. I bet Crichton would have voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he's an he's a American hero like us, you know? I mean, he could be a Lincoln Project type. Mm, that's true. That's true. I could see it either way, you know? I wonder if he said anything about Obama at any point. <laughs> <laughs> was he even alive when Obama uh, was president? I, I reckon he died in like 2005, I guess. That's my guess. Let's Lock see. it in. Am I right, Alex? No, he died in 2008, so... Damn it. Uh, I see no comment upon um, uh, the presidency of Barack Obama, unfortunately. What's about George W. Bush? Uh, apparently he was... Uh, he, he Bush met him, met Crichton about uh, global warming, which is pretty funny. Hmm. Um, all right, let's just, let's do this thing. So, uh, what, what is, what are we doing? What is this book? Uh, we're reading, uh, we're reading Michael Crichton's third published effort. Ah. Easy Go. Slash The Last Tomb. Slash The Last Tomb. Slash Easy Go. Um, slash written by John Lang. Yeah, but we're not just, uh, we're not just talking about this, just you and me. We're also joined by some stalwart companions, am I right? You are right. In my case, I have a cup of tea, which is hot and orange, like the hot and orange sun of Egypt. Well, the tea's, not, the tea's not orange. It is, actually. No, it's not. That's the color of the tea. No, it's not. I mean, it's orange pico, and the orange pico has nothing to do with orange, apparently. It's just about the size of the actual leaves. Um, but it is an orange color. No. That's the color of the tea in my cup. No. I don't buy it. So that's, that's my drink. Uh-huh. What's your snack my stack is uh, I have uh, four triangular slices of hot buttered toast, mm. although it's pretty room temperature at the moment, and I'm arranging three of them into a pyramid. Nice. Uh, which is a structure common in ancient Egypt, and uh, which mm. can be found even today or at the time the novel was set. Mm. Toast. Yes. They big, have toast big in toast Egypt. Toast structures. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
It's like the signature dish. Did the pharaohs invent uh, buttered toast? Yes, they did. Okay, very interesting. Maybe you should yes, be an Egyptologist yes, like my good friend, uh, what's his, I don't remember his first name, Barnaby. Harold? Harold Barnaby. Yeah. Uh, great. So, uh, no, you know. That doesn't seem so lucrative. Maybe I should uh, think of something more ambitious. Maybe I should become an Egyptologist just so I can decrypt codes in ancient hieroglyphs that point towards undiscovered treasure. Like a, like a journalist? Like a journalist? Yeah. How is that like a journalist? I said, you said something more lucrative and then I ignored what you said and said, like a journalist. Ah, uh, gotcha. Right. I mean, if you, if you said that quicker, it would have landed. Well, I can't, I can't be quick uh, right now because, um, You'd well, I guess I shit. should uh, put all the cards on the table, uh, on the table, on the table here and say that, uh, <laughs> you're double shit. Huh? <laughs> huh? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, un Just... Unfortunately, uh, I could not be uh, joined by my signature snack today. What? Uh, yeah, because uh, as as you know, in our personal communiques, I have been potentially stricken with the coronavirus, and therefore and un unable to go to the grocery store and buy things. You haven't personally been tested, but someone close yes. to you has, and, uh, and she has some has symptoms it, of the. But what, are, what, what could be associated with the coronavirus, but what could also be a cold. And I have started to develop these same symptoms. So, oh, really? You have? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to do uh, the other podcast that we do today. Fair enough. Uh, so forgive me if my energy is a little lower than normal. Uh, my throat is very scratchy and I am very tired. So. And you might die soon. Yeah. Uh, but I am joined by Tequila Sunrise. Got that at least. Uh, in my uh, snack, that's good I, for you. I, I do have a snack, which is uh, bowl of Cheerios. So, <laughs> well, I'll give you a minute um, to see if you can link the Cheerios to uh, Easy Go somehow. Okay, easily. Uh, so, um, as we learn in one of these chapters, the way in which they plan to get the treasure out of Egypt is by putting it on um, like trucks, right? Yes. And what do trucks have? <laughs> they have tires, which resemble the shape of a Cheerio. So, very easy. Good work. Cheerios are also circular like the sun, which is also present in the novel. So you're still waiting on the result, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that supposed to come in uh, today? Yep. And it did not. Really? Yep. So you don't have those fancy, you don't have access to those fancy like 20 minute tests? Uh, not yet. So, um, it's, it's two in the afternoon here. It's and it's what? It's in the afternoon. It's nine, 9 p.m. over there where you, you are. Song? And uh, because I work night shifts and I, I work, I worked uh, this morning mm. in the wee hours. Uh, I mean, this is my breakfast, right? Tea and toast, which is fitting. It's, it's quite an appropriate uh, choice, uh, given the time of day I'll be recording this. Mm, we actually need it, eating it when you would have, uh, like, dinner. And uh, the problem is, though, now that you've decided that we should uh, speed through this, this book by recording four chapters at once, that is four episodes mm. of this podcast in one burst, um, I'm obviously not going to prepare, like, an entire pyramid worth of toast for each episode. So I have to ration myself. Yeah. So although I do have 
the visual presence of a pyramid of toast. It will only last for two of the four episodes because I'll be eating one piece of toast at a time. Lame. And obviously I've got one spare Lame. for the first episode because then there'll be three left to form the pyramid. Lame. But then after the second episode, I will have eaten one of those and I'll just have two pieces of toast left. So it'll be like a, it'll be like dismantling a pyramid. Yeah, which is what the protagonists are doing. Exactly, yeah. So I guess it's fitting. Uh, speaking anyway, of we should talk about this chapter really uh, quickly. I was going so to do a sick transition. I was going to do a sick transition, but you had to ruin it by being functional. I mean, we can go back. We can yeah. do it again. <clears throat> speaking of the protagonists, let's uh, see what they're up to, shall we? <laughs> okay, let me just take a bite of this toast. Oh. Uh, I guess we should do a little recap, right? Oh, yeah. Nah, we don't have to. <laughs> I mean, so really quick recap. There's not much to yeah. recap. That's true. Uh, so we got uh, this guy named uh, Harold um, Barnaby. He's an Barnaby. Egyptologist. Yeah, I said it. And uh, he's an American Egyptologist. And he basically finds evidence that there's this hidden tube of treasure in the middle of the desert. He coincidentally runs into a man named Pierce. First name forgotten. <laughs> How is that a coincidence? <laughs> It is a coincidence. How? He just runs That's into him. a coincidence. He just runs into him. Yeah, but he's never met him before. He's just someone he's met. Well, he has met That's him. It's not a coincidence. He has met him before. Oh, he has too. Sorry, yeah. You dumb piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, all right. You got me. You got who's, me. A, who's a dumb shit now? I wanted to tear you down a peg. Oh, no. Now you to tear yourself down a peg. <laughs> I feel bad because it's supposed to be take, take yourself down a peg, but... Yeah. So I'm now you now you're double dumb shit. Uh, anyway, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> the fact that I'm a double dumb shit. Yeah. What, what was it? What's this? What's I Pierce's didn't even say first double name? dumb shit right. <laughs> what's, what? what's Pierce's first name? Isn't he just Pierce? No, he's got a first name. I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't remember it. Well, he's Pierce for the purposes of the novel. Well, Barnaby's Barnaby for the purposes of the novel too. We remember his name. Robert is his first name. I no, but they you. always say, they often say Harold Barnaby's full name. No, they I don't rarely, think so. By they, I mean Michael Crichton. No, Crichton is the, the one Barnaby, in, in the chapters that you're at today, Barnaby is only mentioned by his last name. Look at the chapter we're looking at right now and <laughs> yeah, go down yeah. to the fourth line. <laughs> yeah, but he's speaking in that case. That, that hardly counts. Exactly. <laughs> but there's a reason why it was difficult for us to remember Pierce's. <laughs> but I also did remember Harold at first. <laughs> Well, I remember Harold. Well, that's good for you. Anyway, Robert Pierce. Uh, he runs into him at a bar. This Bobby guy, Pierce. This guy's a journalist uh, who's, you know, a world traveler. And, Hates packing. Yep. And basically, Barnaby's like, well, I guess he sort of intimates that he needs to meet a rich man or something like that. And that he needs to run into somebody who has, you know, the logistics to be able to rob this tomb. And, yeah, uh, he knows he knows it's not something that he'll be able to pull off yeah. by himself. Yeah, Pierce uh, is headed to Athens on vacation, has a plane ticket, uh, and he settles in to pack his bags, and suddenly he gets a phone call, and that's where we pick up now. And it's Barnaby. What's he saying? Uh, one of the things he says is, Harold Barnaby here. <laughs> and then he says, oh dear. Mm. So basically Barnaby's like, I've got a proposal. That's what the chapter title says, right? Yeah. 
And uh, I actually do want to read one of the lines here because I thought it was really strange. I didn't really understand what I meant. <laughs> so this is a segment of uh, For Crying Out Loud. Yeah, we haven't had one of these in a little bit. <laughs> no. He's riding men proud. Come on, let's hear it right about now. For crying out loud. So uh, after um, Barnaby hangs up the phone with Pierce... Pierce thinks to himself, what, what's going on? What, what is this uh, uh, possibly deranged me? I want with me, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we are treated to this very strange thought, okay? He replaced the receiver and thought for a moment. Probably he would be treated to a tale flow concerning Barnaby's maiden aunt. I, I did not, I didn't really grasp what he's going for there. Did you, did you get that? Is the implication so, supposed to be that like Barnaby's trying to marry him off to his aunt? I, I was just like, what? Why would anyone come to that conclusion? So I'm glad you highlighted that because it kind of just brushed past me when I initially read it because I know what Michael Crichton was going for, at least I think I do, in that, uh, you know, he's just going to hit me up with some sad sub story about his yeah. family or whatever, right? But it's strange. But it's such a weird specific detail that he says made an aunt. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I also was confused. <laughs> Wow, I just took some, like, spray stuff from my throat, and now I cannot taste anything. <laughs> One of the symptoms of coronavirus, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Which Alicia had a couple days ago, but now she can taste things again, so... Are you serious? She had the no-taste thing? Yeah, but she gets that when she gets bad cold sometimes, so it could just be a cold symptom. Well, I hope I hope it isn't. Just Why? a cold symptom. I hope it's good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't really affect us too much. I would just be sitting around a lot. It'd probably be pretty bored. <laughs> we could record neither in the middle of, do, of the day. Neither of you have any any conditions that would no make it possibly concern. threatening. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the book. Where were we? Um, yeah. So Barnaby's made it on. <laughs> Weird detail. Yep. So he uh, gets a bottle of scotch and then heads over to uh, Barnaby's hotel room. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit of uh, overly detailed description of what Barnaby's hotel room looks like. It's very Victorian, apparently. And uh, <laughs> something else that I noticed that uh, I think might be uh, relevant uh, for our end of book uh, episode is that, uh, you know, they drink warm scotch, which I thought would be funny. Yep. <laughs> if we tried I that. had that too. So specifically warm scotch. Yep. Not just room temperature, because we're both probably in relatively cool climates compared to Egypt. Yes. We have to warm it up a little bit. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Obviously not to boiling points so or burns off the alcohol, but just a little bit yeah. of warming in the saucepan or something. Or in the microwave. Yeah. Uh, so basically we just get some repeated information, kind of shades of uh, scratch one here a little every, bit. Every book Crichton has written. Yeah. Uh, basically sort of just tells of the detail. After some prevaricating... Uh, I did like the detail where he talks about a train robbery, which uh, I assume Crichton put in because he's going to write a book about, you know, the great train robbery or whatever it's called. I have the same thought, but it's, <laughs> he's referring to a, a yeah, more yeah, recent a train robbery than the yeah. one that um, Crichton dramatizes in the film. In the book. Yes, which he's he's responsible for both. Yep. And it starred the late Sean Connery. Um, there is a bit here I kind of like where, you know... Um, Monsieur Barnaby, uh, you know, details his plan. The peer starts laughing, and uh, Barnaby's a little sullen. It's like, I don't think it's that funny. 
And Pierce is like, I don't think it's that funny either. I think it's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's <was> pretty good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. The way he describes it as like he's literally rolling on the floor. He literally knocks over the chair and smashes one of the glasses. Like imagine like actually visualizing that. Like that's his mm. response in the room. Seems, yeah, it seems to strange. strain credulity a little bit. I also, I you know what? Uh, I, this this book is so much better than Scratch One. <laughs> I have to say. It is, yeah. This is a great book. This is a masterpiece. I'm, I'm calling it now. It's certainly good. I mean, most books are masterpieces in comparison to Scratch One, but this is definitely much better. It's got that odds-on flavor. The chapters are nice and short, you know, but they're not a uh, filler for the most part so far. Anyway, um, so basically we get a lot of like historical detail that's not particularly relevant, which just is just like Crichton bragging about the fact that he's read some of Egypt history books, you know. Barnaby doesn't even try to like whittle it down for a layman. It's pretty funny. He like gives him paragraph upon paragraph of every like dynasty leading up to this particular one. But basically the gist of the explanation is that, you know, Barnaby is thinks there's a really good chance that no one's raided this tomb. Yes. That's that's, that's the important information that's gleaned from it. Could have said that one sentence. Yep. Or, you know, you could have like a couple of sentences about this or I mean, I actually do it. I think it's funny how, how much he goes into it. You know, that's a, that's a very great touch. So that was sorely lacking in uh, scratch one, you know, so I, 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 he definitely feels like more of an authorial presence in this book. Oh, well, the Scratch One had the medical stuff that was similar. And the like bit about like the Monaco Grand Prix or whatever. Yeah, that's But true. it was few and far between, so. Mere morsels. Yeah, compared to this, this, this load here. <laughs> uh, basically, um, you know, Perry, Barney's like, what are you, you going to do? And Pierce is like, I'm, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. Good. I accept. That's where the chapter ends. Is there anything else you want to discuss, or do we nail it? Uh, yeah, I guess that's it, because the plan is the next chapter, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Alright, all right, great. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.